This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyers Bay, Dunedin, and I'm joined by Mawera Karatai in Fakatani. Kia ora, Sam. Kia ora, Mawera. How's it going there? Uh, it's great. It's been a stunning day here. Um, it's still warm, like we're still walking around here in the Eastern Bay with T-shirts and shorts on, so not a lot to complain about. We had quite a lot of rain and sunshine at the same time this afternoon. <laughs> awesome autumn in the, in the in the south. But not as much rain as we had on Saturday. It was incredible. And no snow. No, hasn't happened yet. I'm also joined by Una McGurr, who is in central Dunedin. Welcome, Una. Kia ora, Sam. Mawera. Nice to be with you across the distance. Slightly closer to you, Sam, than I am to my weather, but nevertheless, we're still appropriately distanced. <laughs> Did you enjoy that rainstorm on Saturday? Yeah, that was kind of mad. I, it woke me up. I was kind of dozing around, and all of a sudden, there's this sort of flashing rain across the windows. And I was like, wow. Um, nicely, though, today, woke up to a pretty bright and sparkly day, though it's got a little chillier now. Um, my weather, I think we're a little cooler down here than you are up there for sure and so una how's your bubble going it's going well i'm in a uni bubble or an uni bubble <laughs> i should call it um because i live alone and i've got my two kitty cats company which i'm kind of used to um so apologies if you hear a little squawk in the background um but yeah it's good i mean I'm kind of used to living on my own too, so I'm comfortable in my own space. And of course, the benefit of not sharing it with somebody is that you don't have to make lots of compromises, which I'm understanding is the uh, the sticking point for those other people who were sharing bubbles. So I feel very fortunate. Um, and I have a bubble buddy around the corner, a colleague of mine called Carsten, who's come in from Canada. I think he was actually on the program recently. Um, so kind of convenient. He's around the corner. So we meet up maybe once every three, four days. Um, and obviously at an appropriate distance and just hang out. So it's nice to have that company too. A good balance at the moment. So far, so fabulous, as I like to say. And are you getting out and getting some exercise? I sure am. I've been going out every day doing a minimum of 20 minutes running and some walking. So sometimes a little bit more walking than running occasionally a bit more running than walking so i don't really claim to being a runner but i'm very glad to have the green space around me and you'll be impressed to know that i actually measured it out on google maps so i know that if i go around four times i've i've done over one and a half k so <laughs> <laughs> it's good so it's a good way of making yourself use the spaces that are near to you and obviously mindful of staying close to home and not doing anything that's risky 
So I remind myself of that when I'm out of puff. Slow down and walk because it's too risky not to. <laughs> you live in central Dunedin in the Vogel Street area. Is, is there a di- heritage, while you're not getting to talk to many people around, is there a different sense there of it, it, it's just the residents, there's, the businesses aren't there? That's right. It's very strange. The first couple of days, it was very eerie. Uh, reminds me of that. I think it's especially saying this town is coming like a ghost town. And it really was like that, almost tumbleweedy. Um, a few more people around now. I'm actually in an apartment building, and I know that it's not full. Quite a lot of people have um, vacated and gone back to their, their family residences. Um, there's a residence next door, so there are some people in there. So it's quite nice. I can kind of hear them moving around and... They were playing music earlier, so that was pretty good. Um, but yeah, it's eerily quiet, I have to say. So it feels like a Sunday every day, I suppose. So I asked you for some music choices. The first one you had have is Richard Hawley. Tonight the streets are ours. Why did you choose this one? Yeah, I love that song. I just love it. It's an anthem to kind of taking control, really. And I guess in these times we sometimes feel that feel that we don't have control but interestingly here when I look out the window I have a really good view down towards or past the railway station and sort of down Dunedin and you kind of see those empty streets and you see they're full of possibility so I mean that's a good song for these times to remember that there's possibility awaiting us it's not all doom and gloom. Nothing ever mattered more than not doubting 
So are you managing to work from home? Yes, I am. So lots of, like everyone, lots of meetings on the various um, proprietary platforms, team sharing platforms, I'll call them. Um, so that the first week was really interesting. I was pretty run out because I kept all the meetings to the normal length, which was like we often do one hour back to back. But we soon realized as a collective in our team that we needed to keep them short and sweet. And you actually need time in between them to have a break, go for a wander, maybe make a cup of tea, pop to the bathroom. So I've been doing that and that's been a lot easier. And it feels like as well, I have to sort of congratulate my colleagues and my peers. It feels like people have settled into a routine and are being really calm and just getting on with it in a really positive way. So that, that makes it easier as well when you have those connections. Um, one of the nice things is we're doing those kind of bubble Friday afternoon meetings where everyone kind of, I think one we had to wear a hat, another one we had to bring a glass of wine or a beer or, or a vodka, whatever it is you want to drink. So that was really nice too. And that's been helping us along. And I have to say, just before we came on air, I was chatting to you guys, trying to remember how many days it's been. And it seems like we've, we've been here for a while, but we haven't been here that long. So that's a good sign, surely. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokunui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, na mihi aroha nui, kia koutou kotaho I hope you're all having the most wonderful day in your beautiful beloved bubbles. And I'm so excited to share my bubble visions with you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very honoured and very grateful. How wonderful that we can be physically manifested together at this time. Triumphs of nature's work that we all are. The product of billions of years of co-evolution. And now we can come together and think of the best ways that we want to be right here, right now. And going into our glorious future together. How exciting. So I'm very, very, very much enjoying this time. And I think it's just such a wonderful time of freedom and exploration and learning for us all and my big area of learning that I'm really enjoying today is the area which is huge for all of us and all living things communication and of course that's what we're engaged in right here right now and that is what all life around us is engaged with in many many different ways of course right here right now also we would not be here if it were not for all of the communication and cohesion and co-evolution and cooperation that has gone before us and what I'm loving with science which is you know a huge communication we as a species of animal have created is the appreciation that we're now having on a deeper level for all the communication that goes on below our feet with mycorrhizal fungal networks around us with color changing flowers chemical signals between plants the song of birds the cry the the vocalizations of all life around us and this helps us to understand ourselves anew which of course is the best so something that i'm loving with communication at the moment is i'm really learning new ways to communicate because of course for the last 15 years it's been my job to communicate with very large groups of people face to face in a very exuberant and enjoyable way i love it and i'm so lucky I get to do it but now of course i have to communicate in quite a different way using lots of the wonderful tools and technological creations that we have a species 
have produced. And so I'm now communicating with people via screens and videos and resources that I'm making. And it's great because these are all areas that are so helpful to have skills in. And because I haven't had the time to develop these skills, I'm really growing them now. And another aspect of communication that I'm really enjoying delving into now that I have the space and the time and the freedom is really that realm of non-verbal communication that of course is going on around us all the time. I have new beautiful bubble buddies to communicate with non-verbally like my beautiful Hey Hey Atahua, the six hens that I'm now sharing my bubble with and my two beautiful kittens Poirot and Hastings that I'm now sharing my bubble with and my beautiful partner Harvey Penfold who is largely non-verbal is being coaxed and cajoled into you know, a slightly less limited range of verbalizations, which is a great process in itself. And so deepening connections with all bubble buddies is a great joy to me at this time. So I really hope that all of you are having this opportunity to engage with yourself and communicate with yourself more and figure out during this time how you best want to communicate in different contexts. Who do you want to communicate as? Which aspects of yourself do you want to bring forward? Why do you want to communicate? What is motivating you? What do you want to share? How do you want to communicate? And of course, we've moved from all sorts of beautiful rock art, smoke signals, long letters, homing pigeons, TV, radio waves, you know, the interwebs, the immediate communication that we have now, Zoom, Skype, Messenger, text, Instagram, Twitter, all these things. You know, we have this very, very immediate communication across the whole galaxy even. We're sending out the radio waves if that's what we want. But we can also choose, I feel at this time it's important to do this, to put those bubble boundaries in place and think about what's the best way for us to be communicating right now that serves us and serves our beautiful nurturing role in the real world, in the living world, the natural world. So I hope that in this time you're really enjoying figuring out what mode of communication is best for you, how you want to communicate, what you want to communicate, who you want to communicate as, when you want to communicate and what you want to get from that communication to nurture and sustain and grow yourself and your skills. So thank you all for being born. Thank you for adding your beautiful magic into the mix. And I'm really looking forward to having more time with you tomorrow. Thanks so much. Kakite. Learning new ways to communicate. Una, you're a communicator by profession and training. What do you think we're learning? Oh, I think we're learning the communication of kindness. I've seen a lot. People actually stopping, queuing, waiting in line, staying calm. You first, after you. I was at the supermarket yesterday and I saw a couple coming along and they were obviously quite infirm. Um, and struggling little to walk. So it was nice to see a whole line just parted to let them go first, which was really nice. 
and also you know noticing people are saying thank you particularly at the supermarket again lots of people thanking the service personnel which is a lovely gesture so i think we're learning to be kinder i think it's definitely a trait of new zealanders anyway that sort of general kindness and looking after each other sense of um but if it's one thing we take away from this the communication of empathy and kindness is really what we should be lifting in terms of our game and that's what it feels like to me so you know as they say in Spanish, no hay mal que por bien no venga, which literally means there is not a bad thing that doesn't bring some good. So I think, you know, it's the silver lining of our cloud, isn't it? That perhaps we'll all be a little bit kinder and a little bit more patient. Uh, and I include myself, of course, in that. Is there a language of positive, of kind? In what, sorry, in what sense? Do you think there is a language that demonstrates that more than another? No, not not in terms not not in terms of national language, but in terms of the words we choose. Definitely, yeah. All those kind of polite isms, as I call them, that can I tell you and then say something positive? Would you mind? Is it okay? Just you know, putting those little fillers in at the beginning. In some cultures, we can be a bit direct. And you find that a lot, I find that a lot in New Zealand and Australia that, you know, because there's that love of the simple, which is, of course, a good thing. But I think it's really nice, the language of kindness is the please, the excuse me, the sorry, or here's a big one, I was wrong. Mm. You know, I think it's really important to say I was wrong or I think we're both right. So just having, agreeing to disagree in the politest of ways and actually owning the fact that you might not be in the same space as somebody metaphorically, emotionally, intellectually, and actually that's still okay. You can still rub along nicely. So I think that's one of the things I'm seeing certainly unfold more. Um, lucky enough to work in a culture where we have that as really one of the, our core values, but certainly I'm seeing it enacted much more readily, I think. Liesel Mitchell is a downtown dweller, urban explorer and conversationalist, observing city life in lockdown. Well, hello there everybody. Uh, it's bubble bubble time with Liesel and <laughs> nice to have you along for the ride today. Hope that bubbles are bubbling along nicely. People are getting along with each other and uh, giving each other space when you need space and... Um, finding each other when you need someone to talk to because um, this is something that's pretty hard to do by yourself really and I know as someone living in my little bubble by myself uh, I reach out a lot to other people and I've got a big virtual network of people that I am connecting with and that really helps me just you know um, not only pass the time uh, in the day but also get that social you know hook up that you need <laughs> that so social um, kind of like top up I guess because while I do feel that there's not an awful lot to say in my life at the moment you know not an awful lot changes every day so in terms of topics of conversation um, you know I think I can probably talk away for uh, a considerable amount of time on a very small amount of information 
<laughs> I seem to be able to do that when I'm having this lovely chat with you actually. Uh, I, just, I just turn on my little voice recorder and um, talk to you and uh, what do you know, I can continue that conversation with no input whatsoever. But, um, but yeah, I think we do struggle when there's not an awful lot of uh, change up in our topics. And um, one of the things that I am really finding stimulating for me is just going for a walk. And one of the really cool things about um, taking a bit of a quick walk around the block is not only just getting some fresh air and uh, changing your sort of uh, your view on things, but it's also letting yourself see Dunedin in a different way. Because I'm guessing for most of us, we get around in our cars or um, public transport, maybe, or you know, some of us might bike or walk. But I know most people tend to use cars. That's kind of our go-to, isn't it? So actually not using cars, because we're not sort of meant to, unless it's a you know necessity, I think allows us to take notice of this amazing city that we live in. And it really is an amazing city. I think we have so many things going for us that we probably ignore at some level when we're driving around in our cars because when we're driving we we notice things that matter to driving like oh gosh there's a bit of traffic today or oh gosh the roads are a bit wet or oh why are there so many tourists in town today and you know blocking up the main street or you know we've got um, other things that we pay attention to but when we don't have an agenda we've got a slower pace of life and when we can walk the streets of Dunedin, we can actually stop and notice that we've got the most incredible architecture. We've got amazing historic buildings. We've got incredible nature. We have the town belt. We have beautiful hills around us. We've got incredible landscapes that are not far from our back door. In fact, some of us open our back door right onto, right onto these landscapes. Um, we've got an incredible vibe in the city, amazing people and I think all of the things that really matter about Dunedin and um, this is not in any shape or form sort of uh, taking away from all the industry that makes Dunedin Dunedin but I think in this time where everything is sort of pretty much shut down it gives you good pause to think well what have we got when everything shuts down and we actually still have an awful lot and I think these are things that maybe go undetected normally, but actually add to how we view our lives, how happy we feel in a place, and why we choose to live in Dunedin. So some of these things like, you know, what we look out on, the people that we know in our neighborhood, the people that we just know live around us, and the offerings of a Dunedin that uh, is empty and silent at the moment, these are things that are sometimes just quite interesting to notice as you walk around and have a bit of gratitude I guess I feel a lot of gratitude for what the city offers whether it's humming and buzzing or silent as it is at the moment so I hope your week is going well I hope your day is going well and I look forward to chatting with you again soon take care and stay safe I saw a funny example of that the other day in um and then it's kind of, it's, it's a different way of looking at it. Uh, Jack had been learning this piece of music and it was uh, it was in A minor. And he 
for some reason disregarded all of those uh, the, the indicators for that and played it in C major. And his oh. piano teacher said to him, you, you've got to... Oh, sorry. She said I was in the wrong one. Oh, okay. So I don't know if you heard that. He was just correcting me. But however, she um, she said to him, you're playing it all wrong, Jack. And he said, but it sounds so much nicer this way. Oh. And it was, but it was just that, it, that sometimes we, we, we don't meet another person's expectations, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we're wrong. There's beauty in everything that we do. Yeah. And when she actually stopped and thought about it, she could see that actually it really did sound really nice. <laughs> it wasn't she didn't meet her expectations and he didn't yeah. play instructions on the music, but it was still beautiful. So that Mawera is in a linguistic paradigm. We've talked about that being a prescriptive or a descriptive analogy. So what Jack chose to do, and we could argue this is his way of using the language of the piano he chose to play in a certain way and it felt good for him he was descriptive in his approach and his tutor heard it with her descriptive uh, her prescriptive head how it's prescribed to be played in whichever key so he took her to the difference which is really nice and, and in languages the difference between if if you like to use ain't and i say is not and i argue that ain't is not grammatical and you say it ain't grammatical but it is good right because that's how you like to speak so, yeah, that's I think right. that's a really nice analogy. Yeah, so it's been quite, I, I guess that's that being being an observer to the, the exchange between them, mm. um, it's gave me a different perspective on language that we use, that we're using through this whole thing. Um, I think our Prime Minister nails that over and over again. Her language is always positive. It's always clear. It's she has got this beautiful way of including all of us feeling like the decision decisions that are being made we're included in the decisions rather than them being forced on us yeah it's very interesting for me too she does make a division there are moments when she says i expect i need it's really interesting how she sets up expectation and she rounds it with we, 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 we. And even the small things, think about the culture that we all know because we have uh, some common workplace between us. Thinking about the culture of we and the culture of communication. What she did today was a classic example of something that we might all be familiar with, which was explained to everybody why, how quickly decisions go from cabinet into the press conferences, which is almost immediately and how those decisions are made and, and against which criteria. And that's all about giving people own, collective ownership. So very good point, Moeda. She's very careful with her language and she's, she's also inclusive yet happy to step aside into the I bracket when it's about setting an expectation for the nation, which is why I believe New Zealand has been so successful in my view. The, the use of language is fascinating to watch, definitely. It's like this will become the norm. I mean, people spending more taking time to talk to each other a bit more. You'd hope so. I hope so. I would. It's a good thing you do, Sam, with your radio programme. It's great to have that. Another thing the Prime Minister does is that she is being nice to the journalists. Mm. And I, I don't yeah. think it's just a familiarity because it could just be, well, there's not many, many of them. But I think she knows that they are representing us. 
Yeah, and they have, they're powerful in their own way, right? A journalist has power. And this is all I've just been doing a little bit reading myself about discourses of power. You know, these it's important on, on a very primal, primeval level that the message that she is giving goes out clearly, straightly, directly, and there can be no prevarication or meandering with it. So to have that good relationship is crucial. Equally, there is a future after COVID, and hopefully it's coming to us sooner than later. And so those relationships will be absolutely crucial in helping to bring us back into the new era, into the post-COVID-19 era, whatever that's going to look like. So I agree with you. And it's isn't it a nice contrast? I don't know if you've been following the American press conferences. I'm sure you have. And the that's ones in the UK, funny. which are baffling, really, to me, just how there's this, it's a different person every day. <laughs> that's interesting in the UK. So, and my friends have, who are based in London have commented to me, they just find that really disconcerting because they don't really know who's leading and who's mm -hmm. leading the charge, despite the fact that the Prime Minister of the UK is obviously unwell. Um, the confusion is that you see a different face every day. And then, of course, well, let's not get ourselves into any political rankings on radio, but I think we've all been watching slightly agog <laughs> at, um, things which are unfolding in the States, I would say. So it's... Um, it's a masterclass for me, a masterclass in messaging that's going on in New Zealand, a masterclass in how the nation is responding, and a masterclass in planning carefully, informing people as you go, rather than leaving people in a space where, if you're not sure, so level three, level four is relevant, but almost irrelevant. What's relevant is that we know what to expect, right? That's how I feel. I've got no sense of lack of surety about what will happen in the next five to ten days for example and that keeps me calm so i figure if i'm human which at the last check i was <laughs> um you know i don't know how do you feel does it make you feel that messaging make you feel more secure less secure i definitely feel secure with here with my kids knowing exactly where we stand by contrast, what's happening in America, where you've got the leader of the country giving um, uh, license to militia groups to go and force the governors to to do something that's an absolutely absurd, which is get people back to work now while they've got an out-of-control disease mm. wiping out the population. It's just terrifying. Yeah. And it's, there's, so, there's no... There's no um, there's no unity there. No, there's no, like, yeah. we know that every person in New Zealand is on the same page and we're thinking the same way and it's hard for some people. I know all of the young hunting guys that I know who, this is their deer roar, this is when they're out filling their freezers. Yeah, of course. And they're, they're stuck inside, but they're stuck inside knowing that they're doing the right thing. Yeah, because which is very powerful, yeah. We're in so this together. Well, what's interesting for me is, I don't know if you guys picked up on this, it, it seems odd that a leader of a nation would abdicate, and I use that word deliberately, abdicate the responsibility for the decision-making to a, a bunch of different individuals. Yes. Of course, we have the luxury of saying that because, A, of the leadership we're encountering and witnessing, but also because we are a relatively small islands nation. I like to use the plural because we're more than one island. Um, but, yeah, it's... I don't, know, I don't know if I'm going to use the word fascinating 
interesting, but it, it's certainly something that leaves me slightly agog when I see it. I can't understand mm -hmm. the thought processes behind it. Um, so, don't know about you guys, but I'm feeling pretty blessed at the moment without being too um, self-satisfied. We are very, very lucky to be where we are. Yeah, I agree. because at the end of the day if we are hale and hearty and in a warm safe place and well fed or relatively well fed we're able to have these conversations then we do have a life that's good mm. and prior to this we did too by the way and even now we do you know, even though I'm sure some people feel slightly curtailed but comparing ourselves to the rest of the world's population I, I never remember the percentage but we're still in the 0.01 percent of the privileged so we do have a life that's good and 
also amazing Lennon are really cute so always worth listening to them and sisters they are yes and they're amazing I don't know if you ever saw this so I'm going to have to confess to having a guilty pleasure television pleasure which is watching that American series Nashville and they are actually the daughter they play the daughters in Nashville of Raina Jane uh, played by Connie Britton who's a fabulous actress and uh so that's the whole storyline that they actually end up doing a little song for her when she's, uh, I think she's doing like a sound check. And then everyone's like, wow, they're really talented. And in real life, of course, they are uh, sisters. Yeah. So pretty amazing. You managing to keep in contact with your family? Yes, I am. Fortunately, um, this morning I made a bit of a mistake. I said to one of my friends, um, I would call her, what I thought was 9.30 out time but it's actually 7 30 so i was up quite early because i knew that she would have been waiting but yes i've been connecting up with uh, family in serbia ireland friends closer to home in australia and of course in the north island of new zealand catching with my brothers over in england scotland and ireland and then just a little bit of text messaging with some friends in the states so i feel pretty privileged that i'm still able to keep in contact with them all and they're all doing fine actually they're all Sending messages about how, what's it like in New Zealand? We've been watching you flatten the curve. So that's the perception outside, that New Zealand somehow got a magic potion or a, or a key to resolving it. Rahui Images by Andy Thompson. Providing us with daily inspiration through the camera lens. See Andy's pictures on andythompsonphotographynz.co.nz. This is Andy Thompson for COVID-19 Rahui Images blog I'm putting together and this one is about gut feeling. Gut feeling is one of those four facets of photography that I've talked about and gut feeling is really, really important. You know how when you're traveling it through and you see out of the corner of your eye some amazing kind of visual um, spread and as you look at it uh, again you go, God, there must be a photo in there. And so you have a gut feeling that there's something there. And so this is what this blog is around. Um, and also, I guess I talk a little bit about our gut feeling on the present situation. How do we minimize the virus spreading? Uh, how's your bubble going? How's my bubble going? And how's the national progress bubble going? It resonates in my mind that um, if we think back through the Hollywood movies, it's amazing how uh, we have predicted the, the future of humans in so many different ways. Take uh, Star Trek, for example. I'm a bit of a tricky fan, and uh, if you think about it, this uh, series was put together in the 60s, and they had flip-open communicators for the teletransporters. Well, in the 1990s, Motorola came up with exactly that with their cell phones. We haven't got the teletransporter yet, but... Uh, you know, it's amazing how these uh, inventions and in movies have a little bit of uh, uh, prediction in them. And of course, uh, there's been many movies about humanity having pandemics and what have you. So this is not uh, unrealistic. However, four weeks of lockdown, even if it goes to five or six, if you think it in geological terms, it's actually not that long. However, the pace of life that we live at it has had a huge impact. So uh, how can we kind of slow that down? 
So yeah, it's not all doom and gloom. There are lots of opportunities and innovations that come out of uh, situations like that. And I hope that you are looking at your opportunities. What is your gut feeling for the future? And try and look at the optimistic uh, part, how you can stabilize your life and your future and come up with some innovations on how you're gonna change your life for the new norm. Hopefully, the big leaders can stop being Muppets, especially across the world, and uh, they can start thinking for the greater good uh, on how we're going to make this world a better place. And we don't get caught up in what, uh, what you will know about, which is the tragedy of commons. Tragedy of commons is a situation in a shared resource system where individual users acting independently according to their own self-interest behave contrary to the common good of all users by depleting or spoiling the shared resource through their collective action. So for example, uh, when you travel around the world, you go, well, you know, Jack and Fred are doing it, why not me? You know, no point in me missing out. Um, but I do believe in the power of the consumer. And by not traveling around the world, then you're not contributing to the greenhouse gases that are being spread all over the, all over the world by not flying. And it's a tough one because we all like traveling and in New, uh, in New Zealand we love um, leaving our shores for those experiences. So there's some challenges for you to think about, but you, you could uh, think more local. Think more local in regards to how can you share some garden produce with someone? Um, how can you share some baking or ensure that you compost? So gut feeling also in photography, um, it's very important. Um, so uh, pursue that gut feeling if you think you could see a sunrise. Sometimes you don't actually capture the image because the lighting's not right. So it's, uh, it's important to uh, listen to your gut feeling in photography, but also be, accept that you may not get, a, may not get an image. Uh, if you can't crack a good one, then maybe aim to return and think about what light would be good the next time. Move your feet, search through that infinite range of angles I mentioned in the last blog, and work your shooting time. Take and try images. That's the joy of digital and that we're not shooting slide or print, which costs us an arm and a leg to get uh, produced. Anyway, kia kaha to everybody. Hope you go well and uh, work on a positive gut feeling. You're responsible, amongst other things, for teaching and learning at the Polytech. I am. Mm -hmm. How's it going? It's going really well. Um, a big shout out to the, the learning and teaching team who, as I think you all know, turned around in 36 hours or slightly less a whole bunch of materials and stuff on various platforms for all of our educators to be able to shift quickly into the blended learning space and or online learning space. So not, not as easy as it sounds. And they've done a great job. Um, they're very busy and they're supporting everyone. And so far, the feedback has been really good and the team are really enjoying the work. So, you know, a real, a really good outcome for all of us. We've had wonderful feedback from colleagues across the Polytech who feel super supported. And we're getting, what's happening now is we're getting into that space. We're having some pretty great ideas about, well, if we had to do this forever, what would it look like? Which is really where I think all of our heads need to be at at this point. Um, we know that there is a model in the Polytech that does that anyway, which is our wonderful, capable New Zealand unit. Um, been doing that for some time. 
nevertheless, you know, we all, we're all at different points in the continuum. So this has been a really good exercise for us. And I think learning and teaching have just really stepped up to the plate. So it's been pretty amazing to work alongside such dedicated and enthusiastic practitioners. And also to see that our staff across the schools have engaged so quickly and connected really well. So, you know, we're, we're very excited about, in some ways, about what the future holds in that space. So that's a nice outcome again, you know. Lots so of positives in this space. Yeah, so while we'd rather not do it with the disruption of, of sickness and, and death involved, yeah. it, it has been an opportunity for removing constraints. While we put on a whole pile of constraints, all of a sudden we yeah. realise, and maybe we can do it this different way. Yeah. Well, um, I'm sort of writing a little blog as well as you know about what the future holds, and clearly there's there's not, I can't see in the future anything other than a complete expectation that all ed- education practitioners are digitally capable and savvy and so that that's that's the new space that we move into as educators that that the paradigm of while I'm not I don't do technology or I'm not that that's not really going to be something that will be easy to navigate you know if that's the positionality so a great opportunity for those of us and there are probably many of us in this group that maybe have been hanging around in the background and not quite jumping into this sort of sea of digital literacy. So a real opportunity. And of course, for those who are interested in making sure they can prove they have their digital literacies, there are lots of micro-credentials available. Um, one on the Open Education Resource University TAS, O-E-R-U. If you just Google that, you can find it and you can do a learning in a digital age. That's free, rolled out across New Zealand for all educators and learners. So. If anyone listening wants to try and have a crack at that one, easy as and no charge. That's a gift to Mark in this digital age to help bring all of us up to that baseline capability. Uh, and if you can already do it, there's not much to worry about. It's a simple, uh, simple question of pulling all your evidence together and getting the badge. Um, so, yeah, really good times for us, I think. You know, in a way, Sam and Mawad, I'm sure you both have a view. This is about, as you said, pushing us into a space where some of us have been tiptoeing in and others have been swimming in but now we're all having to sort of jump in and swim fast so why not okay last music choice is tom jones why this one well one of my old favorite singers i've seen him many many times i think he is a god sir tom <laughs> if you don't mind and this is what i say every morning when i get up what's new pussycat because i've got two kitty cats so um i just think it's a great song um, and one that always lifts everyone's spirits. What's new, pussycat? Whoa, 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 whoa. What's new, pussycat? Whoa, 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 whoa. Pussycat, pussycat, I've got flowers and lots of hours to spend with you. So go and bother your cute little pussycat nose. Pussycat, pussycat, I love you, yes I do, you and your pussycat nose. What's new, pussycat? Whoa, 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 whoa. What's new, pussycat? Whoa, 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 whoa. Pussycat, pussycat, you're so thrilling and I so willing to care for you so go and make up your big little pussycat eyes 
pussycat, pussycat, I love you, yes, I do, you and your pussycat eyes, what's new, pussycat, whoa, 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 what's new, pussycat, whoa, Pussycat, pussycat, you're delicious And if my wishes can all come true I'll soon be kissing your sweet little pussycat lips Pussycat, pussycat, I love you Yes, I do You and your pussycat lips You and your pussycat eyes And your pussycat nose. So what do we think is new? What do we think that we've seen in terms of societal change that will mm. actually stick? And perhaps even more importantly, what do we hope will stick? Oh, that's a really good question. I knew you would throw one of those. What, well, I think I want kindness to stick. I want us, even when we're arguing pity debates, to just, Remember to be nice. I mean, generally, take take the good road. And um, I also think, you know, just chatting to people, I think we will have a greater appreciation of hugs. Yes. Because you can't hug many people these days, unfortunately. And, you know, the universal language of hug. There you go. That's the language of kindness, Sam. So I think people will... Be keen to hug and we'll appreciate them more. I think we'll probably, I'd like us to stay kinder to each other. And I hope that we appreciate all of those kind of small cultural things that we've all seen, we all seem to have found a little bit more time to do, like reading, maybe a hobby, all of those things that take you back to yourself. You know? Yeah, that's what I would like us to do. Just yeah. remember those things and maybe put, remember their value and how we almost lost them for a while. Yeah. So I have some questions to end with in a bit of a hurry. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? The biggest success? Oh, I think just being able to come to the poly and, and work in that transformative way on a whole bunch of portfolios. So, um, you know, the obvious thing was winning the organisational award for excellence. One of my personal um, loves is that we've re set the whole of learning and teaching so there was a hugely integrated focus for the polytechnic so I think coming to New Zealand and making it work would be a success in my my little story. So we've asked this question before we're writing a book of these conversations called Tomorrow's Heroes the collection of the team of people doing good work so you're in that mansion what's your superpower? What's my superpower? Um, being able to translate for everybody and anybody in the room. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? I think I'm a linguistic activist for sure. I go around the world in a nomadic way trying to pick up new languages and spread them around a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and what motivates you? Just life itself. You know, um, I think I shared with you guys once I suffered quite a serious bereavement about 13 years ago and so every day when I wake up I remember that I'm very fortunate to be here and that my life has taken an upward and positive turn so that's enough for me getting out of bed every day knowing that there's still more to do 
So what challenge are you looking forward to in the next couple of years? Uh, completing my doctorate. What's it That's on? Been a, it's on, ready for this one, guys. I had a little bit of a pivot in the, in the last couple of, um, well, weeks in the last month. It's on experiences of academic leadership in an age of super complexity and unknown futures. That's cool. So, crafting it's a framework for how cool. to lead, leading in an unknown time, which is where we are, right? Yeah. And we've got big changes in our sector generally, but hey, they seem like small fry now compared to what we're living. We thought that was our <laughs> biggest challenge when we started the academic year, but not anymore. There's quite a lot of stuff that we're thinking, I don't care about that anymore. Mm. As I was yeah. saying the other day, yeah. I was watching, watching some adverts on the TV and thinking even beyond the, the fact that these people are touching or there's too many of those people in a room. <laughs> it's like, who cares about that stuff? Yeah. I know you're right. It just is interesting how it just makes you realize that the being in the here and now is, is actually quite important and not lost on any of us as we we're all interested in experiential learning. And it is, you know, I've always said life's got to be about the experience because if you spend your time planning for a future that could collapse in front of you, what was the point? Yeah. And um, that's a very real possibility. We hope it doesn't come to fruition, obviously, but um, cousin of mine, been in the states for many years and she's just saying how she just got back to ireland and how glad she is to be there because of course she's able to claim benefits and subsidies and her former colleagues in the states have nothing no unemployment there's no money so uh again just being grateful for what we've got really isn't it and it's, they all seem like terrible cliches but as one of my lecturers once told me cliches exist for a reason so there you go and lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Be kind to yourself. Take it easy. Get out with a smile on your face. You can do those three things. They will feed each other. And any last thoughts, Mawira? Um, just because someone's not playing the tune that you think they should doesn't mean that the tune is necessarily wrong. <laughs> nice. <laughs> thank you very much for joining me you've been listening Sam. been thank a pleasure thanks Suna you've been listening to Blowing Bubbles positive conversations with people in their bubbles their safe spaces around the world brought to you by the Sustainable Lens team which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic we broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz you can find us on Facebook as well we've had contributions from Tahu McKenzie Andy Thompson and Liesl Mitchell I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyers Bay, Dunedin, with Mawira Karatai in Fakatani, and we've been joined by Una McGurr, also in Dunedin. We hope you've enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin, with support from New Zealand On the Air.